To the 144th edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher. Now the permanent replacement for another soul lost by the corporate beast that Arsenal Football Club have become. And not prepared to fake interest in the club anymore. So hello Mark Hollington if you are listening. Those of you with long memories will recall our original host, Lord Ashburton, went the same way a number of years ago. So you've got me in the hot seat until a better candidate comes forward, volunteers welcomed. We are recording on the Monday evening after the 2-0 victory away to Bournemouth, which took the team to third place in the table ahead of Manchester City, but looking up at Leicester and Spurs. It was a welcome first Premier League win after four matches with three draws and a defeat. I'll keep the panel introductions fairly brief this evening as there is plenty to discuss. I'll start with one of our more regular panellists, normally the subject of ridicule for either his tattoos, his love life, or his penchant for answering his own questions in his spell as the host of this very podcast. (laughs) Now he's on the side of a table where he can spew forth without worrying about stealing anyone's thunder. It's a very good evening to Mr David Udo. (laughs) Evening Gaffer, thanks for having me. And next up, we've had him on once before, some time back, but it's good to hear a reasoned voice once again. He has something in common with Stan Kroenke. Is it a toupee? Is it a skin condition? Is it the ability to piss off Arsenal fans in significant number? No, he's an Arsenal shareholder. As one of the dwindling number who can genuinely claim the club belongs to them, it's a pleasure to say hello again to regular Guna contributor, Mr Bernard Dowling. Good evening. And last but by no means least, an old friend of the Guna and always a welcome guest on the panel. He's been watching Arsenal for something like 50 years and started taking photos of matches professionally at the tail end of the Bertie Mee era. He has a habit of appearing behind the goal or even on the pitch in some of the more vintage football videos you will see on YouTube, armed with his trusty camera. He has more stories than a drunk in the pub, but they are always worth hearing because the man has been there, done it and bought the T-shirts. The man who founded the Offside Photo Agency and a lifelong Guna. It's a very warm welcome back to Mr. Mark Leach. Pleased to be here. There's a lovely introduction there. Thank you. I, I was that drunk in the pub quite often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, we uh, have just seen Arsenal uh, get three points at Bournemouth yesterday. And uh, my first question is, in your, in your instincts after watching football for all these years... David, are Arsenal back on track? Uh, worryingly, I don't think so. I don't think so. We won yesterday, but lots to, lots to read into that. I mean, it was our first goal in, what, 364 minutes, which is slightly worrying. And uh, We were playing on a, a five-a-side park, to be honest, in that, that tiny village stadium somewhere on the south coast. And I don't think we got out of second gear. Yeah, I think we got those, those two goals in 90 seconds. We were like, you know, that will do. And if ultimately you're... Uh, ignore the Sky Man the Match, that, that doesn't matter at all. But I mean, our Arsenal Man the Match, and most of it was Man the Match, was our goalkeeper again. So I think that, that reads a lot into it. I mean, look, the title could and should have been ours this year, but with, with our squad getting all the injuries, we had the same 11 out every week for two and a half months, and they're just knackered now. Yeah, Sanchez is coming back, but he needs to get used to it again. Apparently, Welbeck's coming back. But Danny, if you're hearing this, if you could get in touch, you and Jack, we would be would be really pleased. Thanks a lot. But ultimately, our first 11's knackered, so it's gone. 
Um, Bernard, some people would say the three draws and a defeat were the kind of blip that happens to every side during a season. Um, is, there's an argument that we just needed that win to get going again. I wouldn't say that uh, because I wouldn't say we needed it to get going. Uh, I think that was a pretty disastrous run because I think we should and as well as could have won the league this year. But I expect the opportunity to be wasted now. Uh, yesterday's win was important in as much that we're at least back to having a chance. And should we beat Leicester next weekend, yeah, I think we'd certainly be back in it uh, full time then. But uh, I'm concerned, I have to say, about Tottenham. You know, I think they have an absolutely brilliant manager. Uh, Pochettino impressed me at Southampton, and he's impressing me even more at Tottenham. And, you know, he's got them playing so well, and I'm, I'm frightened Tottenham are going to do it. Okay. Um, I'm correct in saying Wenger's never beaten Pochettino. He's got a couple of draws against him. I don't think he's beaten them at Southampton or Spurs. I haven't played him that many times, but you could well be right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Mark, I'm assuming you were working at the uh, Chelsea Man United game yesterday. Uh -huh. Did you actually were you able to catch any of the the Bournemouth game? I was only on match of the day two, and I was on the train coming in expecting the worst. And when you come out, of, I was got out of Earl's Court and two, Arsenal two up. Mm. I was amazed, you know, very pleasantly surprised. But you're still checking, thinking. Is it going to be 2-2? I think everyone was... Well, all the headline writers were ready for Benicophobi to stick one past us. Mm. And we could have had a right good rank tonight, couldn't we? I mean, it might not stop David anyway, but <laughs> we could have really piled in on that one tonight. Who knows? Had Flamley gone with a red card, we could have been the same... You know, do you remember Arsenal used to go down to 10 men? It used to happen every week. We must have had a plan in training. When we go down to 10, this is what we do. But the Chelsea game, I'm sorry, it took them about half an hour to recover... And I think certain players went missing in that time. Very disappointing. The same had happened at Bournemouth. We could be sitting here thinking, you know, I, I was ready. You said to me Friday, come on. I was ready to say it, the title was ours to lose. We've lost it. But now, no, I believe, I've, I'm thinking that Hiddink got his homework done on Arsenal. And it was like, Mertesacker, get in that channel between him and Bellerin. It paid off. When are, when are Arsenal going to do the homework? And watching Martin Keown, match of the day two, he said, did the homework. Bournemouth like to start with high tempo. Arsenal players were bombing on. They weren't playing in the midfield where they could get caught. Bombing on. He's taking out the midfield. A complete change in tactics, which is, I think, something we need to take to White Hart Lane because we're going to get caught in that pressing game. I'd love all the ammo we've got for pace to play like that the rest of the season. I thought it was a... Hey, you know, if Wenger's going to win it, wouldn't it be funny all these years of playing one twos on the adjoining box? Alex Sleb, Fabregas, all that great football which went nowhere. We could we could be onto something with a bit direct. And I'm thinking with Wes Morgan and Robert Hooth at the back, mm. I think we've got I think we've got a very good chance of beating Leicester. Mm. But I, I qualify that by saying we're going to beat them four 0 send them into a tailspin, and let like as you were saying, let Tottenham come up the rail and uh, mm. take it. But no, let's, let's not mention Spurs again tonight, eh? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, can I come in on that uh, point about yeah, how we played great football a few years? I 
didn't enjoy it. I, yeah, I have to admit, I don't enjoy watching Barcelona much, and they're right, the right. gods at that style of football. Uh, but tiki taki or whatever it's yeah. called, football, I find it quite tedious. You know, I do, I do. because the way Arsenal used to do it, in my view, it was Mertesacker passing it to Koscielny, Koscielny passing it back to Mertesacker, Mertesacker passing it to, would have been Sagner at the time, um, yeah, yeah. you know, back again. And it took about 30 passes to get into the opposition's mm. half. Then it came back into our half sure. again and, you know, probably went back to the keeper to start it all off again. Well, worry me, this is Man City and Leicester. I mean, Leicester's at the stance of you can have as much possession as you want, but yeah. when we get the ball, we're going to be, you know, incredibly effective, and they were, but, you know, City was sort of doing it, as you say, yeah, left yeah. back to right back, yeah. up a little bit, no, we'll come back again and come go out the other way. Again, yeah. Yeah. You do that, and the suppose they're playing Game Boy. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> I think the warnings were there for us teams doing that. The team, I said I wouldn't mention again, <laughs> the goal they scored at the Emirates was... Just a simple ball from the left back. Don't straight through a channel between Bellerin and Mursacker again. Yeah. And that, don't think that problem seemed to be eradicated between, when was that, October, November and the yeah. Chelsea game. And now seem to have thinking, Gabriel's the man. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to jump ahead a bit here. And the Pep Guardiola news uh, has come since our last podcast. Um just to go on a limb, do we think that we will be seeing a tick attack of football as it is supposed to be played in the Premier League this season, or do you think it just won't work, or he won't even try it? I think if he tries it, he's going to struggle a bit, because at Barcelona here, Xavi, Iniesta and Messi, and he's not going to have those three players anywhere else. He didn't have them at Bayern Munich um, and he isn't going to have them at Manchester City either. And going back to my point about that style of football, I think Wenger tried to copy it with inferior players and therefore it didn't work for Arsenal. I think if Guardiola tries it at Manchester City with inferior players, because however good some of their players are, they're not at the level of Messi and Iniesta. Um, he's going to have some problems with it. Um, I think it'll tell us a lot about actually how good a manager he is. Because if he doesn't try it, I'll have a bit more respect for his abilities. If he does try it, though, with inferior players, I'll lose respect for his abilities as a football coach or manager. David, do you think Guardiola, given that we think football um, fair play, uh, is uh, financial fair play, mm. has left the building, do you think uh, Guardiola will just buy the best players out there for Manchester City in the summer? I would have thought so. Um, and I mean, that, that, that's the, the reputation he's built for himself at, at Barcelona with a lot of money on them, some midfielder called Fabregas or something, I keep forgetting his name. He did the same at Bayern Munich uh, with a couple of clever buys. I mean, Lewandowski uh, replacing Mandzukic up front. It seemed to change the team completely. We'll do the same at Manchester City. I mean, people don't seem to appreciate the fact that they're Chelsea in a slightly lighter blue in the sense it's, you know, the billionaire owners throw billions of pounds, whatever the hell they want, and he'll do it like that. My 
My big concern with Guardiola is that he's essentially had two spells, either Celtic or Rangers in respective countries, but now he's, play, he's going to be taking part in a country where an unknown team from the East Midlands is going to come from nowhere in the league. So he's going to have to man up. And I, I don't think he's been tested that much in Spain or, uh, or in Germany. So um, uh, if they lose 4-1 at home on the first day of the season next year, it's going to open his eye. OK. Um, are you a Guardiola fan, Mark? Well, the teams he's produced, but I think David's saying they're a clever boy. I mean, Lewandowski was just how much do you want, how much do you want a week, like they got Neuer the year before, to, to flatten out any competition, you know, Dortmund players and the right, you know, just to say, to take the players from them. He's not going to get that. And if you look, I'm not sure how it works in Germany, but in Spain, the TV deals, the big clubs get all the money. So there's no competition through the season. You're talking there about financial fair play, and something just got me. I'm thinking, hang on, do I have to take it all back about the Premier League? Have we actually got the best system here where you can only spend so much on players? And your second, third string, let's say Leicester coming in with all these players now, and everyone's saying this is amazing. You know, people are talking in Japan about doing a book on Leicester City, it's gone around the world. This story, and you've got if you're a real football fan, you've got to say that's we've got a great league here, and that's why we like it. We're not going to produce the Champions League winners. But um, is, that, is that what the end game is? Or is it to have 38 sets of matches? Well, the bookies must be loving it, mustn't they? I mean, it's just... They must have coined it this year, mustn't they? Paddy Power. Unpredictable results turning up every week. And uh, I think it's great. And I, as the guys are saying, I think Guardiola, he must have already be looking at the, you know, Leicester, the top of the league. Anything can happen. Uh, Norwich winning at Old Trafford he's going to say what, don't these guys know when they're beaten what are they doing coming up here trying to win it's every single 38 matches you've got to be on your game it, maybe, maybe he fancies the challenge maybe he's thinking you know mm. that, that was I've done it all mm. I fancy a go at this mm. and he might be the first one to say wow it's tougher than I thought but he's going to be a, it's not going to be head in your face he's, got, he's going to have a lot of respect and uh, you know you're saying he's not going to have those players he could bring he could bring Messi, he could bring one or two with him. You don't know. Well, he could bring Lewandowski, he could bring yeah. two teams in with him. Yeah. But even so, I don't think we'd guarantee you success in the Premier League, the way it's set up. Well, no, as, soon, as soon as he was offered, the, uh, no, announced that he was going there, the first thing that the wonderful Dimitri Selleck, the agent of Yaya Toure, said, well, he doesn't like my, my client at all, so it looks like Yaya's leaving in the summer. Um, I, I'm guessing that Yaya didn't get a birthday cake this year or something and shit himself or something. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like I say, uh, Manchester City for me are Chelsea in disguise. It's a b- bunch of egos there. So Guardiola has to sort of, you know, stamp down on a bunch of prima donnas like Nasri and co. Like, part of me wishes him luck and hoping that they finish fourth. Well, it's, it's players, that, I think the players have been in the, the academies. People say Man City go to the academy, but that lad Trippier, who scored the winner for the team I won't mention at the weekend, he was a Man City Academy and he went to Burnley. And maybe they were shopping around for the best in Europe, but maybe they have one under their nose. This Maybe Guardiola will bring what they've built at Barcelona. He might look all through that academy and say, all right, this season, we'll sort it out. But I'm going to bring this team through from the academy, 21, 22-year-olds, get the best players in there and build if he's given that time. It could be something he does. The thing is, though, he has recently said he's not going to stop at any club all that long. No. You know, he's not going to do a Ferguson or a Wenger. And, you know, he was at Bayern Munich three years. Uh, he's won the Bundesliga twice. It, they're eight points ahead, so it looks as though that he's going to win it three times on the trot. I'm not sure he's going to be at Manchester City long enough to actually do to what you're saying. Doing, no, you know. um, but what I think has 
made the English League more competitive is all the money, television money's coming in, the sponsorships. And the spread, though, because the spread, spread I think a very good example is Everton turning down 35, minute, uh, 35 million yeah, yeah. for Stones yeah. last summer. From Chelsea. No, if that's happened, no, but yeah, they, if that happened they twelve him. months ago, exactly, and it's probably uh, good for Stone's career. Chelsea's handoff. It's good yeah. for Stone's career because yeah. he's, he's realised he's paid him too much and he's given him a risk. If they paid thirty million, he'd probably been chucked in the Chelsea team and had to play every week. And yeah, you're on your own, son. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, we we get uh, questions in from uh, by Twitter and email from our listeners, so I'm going to try and do as many as I can this evening. Um, Simon Rose is a regular contributor and often uh, sends in a question for us. Um, and he's, his tweet is, given Arsenal's title aims and rivals, what's the real story of the weekend? Leicester winning 3-1 at City or City losing 3-1? Now, I've translated that and I think what he's really saying is which team is really the biggest threat to Arsenal's ambitions? So, in a way, I suppose it's do we believe in Leicester or do we think Man City will inevitably come good? Who should we be more worried about? If you were asking me that question uh, next Monday, I'd be more certain of the answer because if Leicester beats Arsenal at the Emirates, I think we're out of it and Leicester will probably go and win the league. If Arsenal win, uh, I, I think Leicester could well... F- Full, just short, uh, still. If it's a draw, I think it'll be a f- terrific result for Tottenham or Man City. So, right. So, I mean, uh, well, let's just let's just bung Spurs into this as well. And I'm going to just. Uh, I think the best way to do this is to say, who do you think will win the title out of the current top four? Assuming you don't think Man United are going to come from nowhere. No. Um, what you do now? You think Arsenal? Can Next do question. It? No, I, no, I'm saying the, the, the answering Simon's question was it. I think that if that match had happened, Leicester, this real, real belief has come in. I think in the last fortnight, mm. if Leicester played Man City at home and lost three one first week of January, we'd have gone yes, thanks for that Leicester. But now you're going. Well, I hope City have got a backlash in them for for Sunday mm. against mm. the team I won't mention, mm. but. I'm thinking now that Leicester, that was that was something. I think it was that Liverpool game in a way. It was it was a ragbag. You couldn't call it at all. Nil and a half time, and just that Vardy goal, like we were saying earlier, out of nothing. Mm. You think if they can play like that, and he can bang a goal in from that distance in a nothing nothing match, in a no, you know it wasn't a chance, was it? He made it himself. You're thinking, wow, what what can't they do? The confidence is high, mm. but you, you know for Arsenal. I don't think we've got any players who've been in this position. You say the club has, the manager's been in this position to win the title. Mm. And, you know, Leicester never have. And Tottenham, it's going back a long way. But I mentioned them, sorry. Um, <laughs> but the, you know, is that you'd like to think that Arsenal, it hadn't been so far the last title when you think we know what to do in this position, mm. as we've shown over the last 10 years. But no, I, I think Leicester, genuine contenders, I really do. I think Man City, obviously, they've got one more game. And this game. Hopefully it'll be finished by the time we go up there. Oh, okay. I, if you're a betting the, man, yeah. If uh, I, I'm, I, th- I fancy Leicester are going to beat us, so I'm going to say I think Leicester are more likely to win it than anyone else. Okay. Uh, if we beat them, uh, then I think Arsenal have a decent chance, but 
we have away games to come at places like Manchester United and Tottenham and if say Tottenham beat us at White Hart Lane then I can see Tottenham winning it under Pochettino because I've, I've heard people say oh Tottenham will do their Tottenham thing and blow it you know so Campbell to be fair to him said it the other day um, under Pochettino I'm not so confident that they will blow it this time and I actually think Arsenal are more likely to blow it because of Wenger's philosophy I think you know he has uh, a, almost a let's blow it mentality sometimes as well so I think Tottenham have more chance than Arsenal Okay. <laughs> I'm not having that. I'm halfway through my second bottle of Bratislav whiskey. <laughs> uh, David, are you going to pick me a winner? Um, I'd say what. All, all, every rom- romantic in the country would love Leicester City to do it, but I've got a vision of them doing a Devon lock, to be honest. And um, we won those games, four games, four, five games before the end of the year. Jamie Vardy gets too excited, does a Flamini tackle. But he gets sent off in the same game when Mares goes down clutching his hamstring and that's the two star players out and um, uh, the bench haven't got it. They lose their last three games and they will get um, leapfrogged at the last minute. But that will be by Manchester City. And by Man City, I mean Aguero, the best striker in our league by Country Mile. And uh, as he proved on Saturday, ten players didn't turn up but he still managed to approach yeah. a goal in the last minute. So. I mean, what puts me against Manchester City is that without company... They're mm. fairly poor defensively. And I accept what you say, Aguero is brilliant mm. and he can win it uh, on his own. But without a defence, it's mm. going to be difficult for them. Well, they've, they've got a very, very good goalkeeper. OK, uh, he makes me glad to be bald because I'm never going to buy head and shoulders ever again. Many thanks to Joe Hart. But, um, <laughs> he, he, I mean, he made a free kick save against West Ham a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. I, I think that made check applause. Uh, watching that he's an unbelievable keeper but no I agree with you they've got a dodgy back four the, but, one, um, the one thing about City got me if you'd watched the game live Leicester game and seen it disappear bit by bit I just watched the highlights saw the three Leicester goals then they must have cut 20 minutes or however Aguero scored in an empty stadium yeah, yeah, yeah. the fans had all gone it doesn't quite you don't quite get the right vibe about City mm. if alright you're 3-0 down to Leicester and it's an early, I never understand that do you an early kick off you wouldn't be in your seat normally at three, and people are leaving at half past two or whatever. I don't, I don't get that. But I just feel there's something... I, I was heartened by that, to see all the fans desert. I thought... Man City, the Chelsea... It, it, I, know, I know I keep using that analogy, and I'm very sorry about it, but look at Chelsea in 1991, playing the converted war and Greek Ron Green and Bray Greyhound Stadium with 6,000 members of the BMP turning up to watch them. Now they're selling 45,000 tickets a week. Same in Man City. They're in the, what, the third division about 12 years ago with Jamie Pollock captain and scoring own goals playing in front of 11,000 at Main Road and they've managed to increase the capacity at, um, at Etihad up to what? Nearly 55 mm. going to 60,000. Who's going to go there? The same football tourists who come to the Emirates every week. I did. Sorry, I'm fixed up. No. But I did notice that Chelsea, where I went on Sunday, the ticket, you know, the ticket touts warnings were up the week before. Don't buy tickets off touts. I noticed on this lamppost this morning it was written in Mandarin and Japanese. Good Do not buy tickets from touts. Good God. Tarts so you're change. thinking if you want to, and I don't know if you'll get onto that. If you want to do any boycotts, you know somebody will come in and take your seat. Don't you worry. Yeah. Well, I, I went to South Africa over, over New Year's and uh, my best friend and. Um, I missed the uh, Newcastle game 
Uh, and my, my cousin was supposed to be going, but he pulled out the last minute. And literally two days before the game, I stuck it on ticket exchange. The ticket sudden, I've got North Bank Upper, row three. Not the most attractive seat in the house at all. It went in about two minutes yeah. to a Japanese tourist. Yeah, yeah. Who, you know, How do you know? Uh, my dad said, uh, some Japanese bastard sat next to me. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon a town might have brought it and sold oh, really? it to a Japanese person. Is that how it, excuse my ignorance, that's the first time I've sold something on Ticket Exchange. Because uh, it would depend how they bought it in a way. I suppose they'd have to have a membership card, but the town's could manage around that anyway. Um, anyway, so, um, well, I mean, let's stay on the theme of Leicester because we've got a question from uh, Jonathan Houseman. And he says, how do we beat Leicester and who plays at centre-back? Per is too slow for their pace and Gabriel is not amazing on the ball. Um, can Arsenal cope with Jamie Vardy? Yes, I think we can. Uh, in answer to the question, I think Koscielny, he's a brilliant player, mainly when he plays alongside Mertesacker. When he's alongside anyone else, I don't think he's the same player. Uh, I think we saw it often with Vermeulen. Koscielny and Vermeulen, on paper, looked a fine partnership. In reality, or in practice, I, don't thi I think they were anything but. And I think Gabriel has looked a bit dodgy, but... I think more important than that is the effect he's having on Koscielny, who I don't think has been playing so well as he used to when he was next to Mertesacker. He's taking on a bit more responsibility, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, so I would actually... My first choice uh, central defence would still be Mertesacker and Koscielny. Not necessarily because uh, of Mertesacker. Uh, with his, his lack of pace is a problem. I fully accept that although he's excellent in other areas of his game. You don't win 100 caps for Germany if you're rubbish. That's a fact. Well, Podolsky did, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think he was rubbish to be No, no, to he didn't fit. No, so no. Yeah, that's right. Um, but the important thing about Mertesacker, or an important thing about Mertesacker, is the effect he has on Koscielny, because I don't think Koscielny is the same player when he's, not ne when he's next to somebody else. Well, I think I've got a clean plan, and I hope the Arsenal, man well, the Arsenal management team always listen to this podcast, so we know that. But I think if you're thinking we've got to keep uh, Vardy quiet and Murray, we mustn't give them a sniff, mustn't give them a sniff. If you go in that mindset, and they score in the first minute, you're going to go, where's that game plan? I think you want to look for us to get the same result as we did up there. Is it called Filbert Street or wherever they play? Mm -hmm. I reckon we want to go for a 5-2 victory. And just figure, they're going to get a goal from somewhere. They're going to get a goal and open it up and give them... And we're worried about our defence. But as I said before, with Morgan and Hoof, let's get amongst them. It's, we kind of play a tight game. They could nick it. We're a goal out of nowhere, because unlike us, they shoot from anywhere. And I think Arsenal should really, I don't know, just, just go for it. Go for it. And we'll outgun you, we'll outrun you, we'll outpace you, we'll go longer than you. And just don't think, you know, we could win, we could win it 4-3. Mm. I don't think you're going to nick that one, 1-0, one 2-0. What, worry, quiet. what worries me greatly, though, is the way Arsenal have started many recent games so slowly. It, you know, they basically waste the first half and, you know, then pick up in the second 45 minutes. And I, I want them to start up with How? a high tempo do you think, right from the first Do you think they do that, but they don't go out and say... 
who we got today? You know, like Sunday morning football. I mean, you're thinking the Man United game. Yeah. Three nil and half an hour. Yeah, that's. An they didn't. I don't yeah. think the management set them up in any other way or any different team talk. They were saying, you know what? Should we should we go and play really well the first half? Hour? It just it just something happens, doesn't it? They don't yeah. ever go out to do that. I mean, killed United there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's know, the obvious exception. When, but it wasn't. When was that performance? You know. Can we get that back? What were we doing that day? You know, the thing that's worrying me about Leicester most this year is they're almost replicating um, Esther Rance and, sorry, Brendan Rogers' um, Liverpool team about three years ago. No other cup, cup competitions to worry about. So every Monday, yeah. first yeah. day of training, right, we're playing this lot on Sunday. We're going to line up like this mm-hmm. for five days to get used to it. And do you remember the game against Anfield in, I believe it was February of that season? We were 4-0 down after 20 minutes. I mean, Leicester are going to spend five days doing the homework. And Arsenal being up, sorry, Wenger being Wenger, be like, we play it our way. We play our way to the best of our abilities. We could be anyone in the world apart from about seven teams. But anyway, we ignore mm. the Champions League. It doesn't matter. But we get the money. But um, the things know. that happened that day was <coughs> Murtasaka trying to throw a dummy to Suarez. We was never going to buy it. No. And it happens in the first minute. Ozil getting tackled on the halfway, sitting there petulant. No, you No, you don't get those at Anfield, is it? Yeah. You've played for Real Madrid. You've got every one of those there. This is a different. This is you know different rules up here. They get the free kicks. They get it in their favour. And I thought we laid down and died that day. Going back to that, but I, I think that no, I, I've got a good feeling about something. We've got a week to sort it out. I think if, if we play our best eleven, based on everyone who's spitting about it at the moment, for me personally, that's checking goal. Monreal and Bellerin at fullbacks. Um, in terms of best defenders, the way they work, I agree with Bernard completely. You play Koscielny next to Mertesacker. Right. Okay, you're worried about Vardy tearing past him. In that case, you have to start Coquelin and make him tag himself to Vardy so the guy won't get anywhere. Have um, Coquelin do a, a John Ogden McKell job. The guy is always excellent against us, yeah. you know, to block everything out. Stick Ramsey on the right wing. That's the big question. Who's going to play next to Coquelin? But you can't have Ramsey and Flamini, and Flamini, bless him, he's going to be wonderful at Lorient or Leighton Orient next year and won't be at Arsenal. Giroud up front, Sanchez on the left, Ozil in the middle. If we play that team and then decide who's going to play next to... Um, so, next to the transfer window's closed. Who are you going to put in there? Well, I don't know. I'd like to have El Chambers. Well, Tom Chambers. Uh, it could be Chambers. It could be Oxlade Chambers. It could be finally discovering something. But, or maybe uh, the long-term position for Ramsey is to be a central midfielder next to a proper sit-there defensive midfielder mm-hmm. like Coquelin. But... Take Flamini out and put Cochrane in for a start and just let him you know, rope himself to, to, to Vardy. Yeah. Uh, well, Mark Holmes has tweeted, um, if Leicester or Spurs win the league and Arsenal do not, what does that say about the last 10 years at the club? Um, that's rather a general question, but in a way, I suppose... You look at Spain, you see Atletico Madrid have won the title. You look at Germany, you see Dortmund have won the title. You look at England and you might say in May that a team that does not have the financial resources of the big guns um, has managed to do it. Would that sort of puncture a bit of a myth that's built up over the last decade that Arsenal could not have won against Chelsea, City and United? And what would it say about Arsenal going forward under Wenger? I think it's, it's going to say something about the point I made uh, earlier. With so much money coming in, 
the league or the Premier League is more competitive, it's more equal. You know, basically, unless you're Aston Villa, anybody can beat anyone else. Uh, and I don't think that, I think it's more the case this season than it has been in the past. And do you think what that it, will continue? With all the money coming in, it wouldn't surprise me, yes. Um, having said that, if we blow our chances this season, I think Wenger needs to look at himself very, very seriously and very, very harshly because it'll be a huge chance wasted in my view. Because if Leicester and Tottenham end up, or Tottenham end up winning it, I think we can say, yeah, to Wenger, you really should have won it this season, and it's a, such a chance that's been blown. And you think we'd say it in such reasonable terms as that? <laughs> I think it might be a bit uh, writ large, wouldn't it? Yes, because, yeah, but, it would uh, be. but it, you're right. I mean, I'm thinking that. I was talking to a club photographer at Arsenal, and he sees me on the train ground every day. I said, nothing happening, nothing happening. The transfer, you know, the last few days, no. He said, well, who is there? And I thought, have you bought into the club mentality? I said, who is there? I said, Charlie Austin. And he laughed in my face. I said, just to get him on, last few minutes of a few games, change it, chuck it in the mix. And after, not before, after I'd said that, he went and scored the winner at Old Trafford. And I thought, it's not the thing to wait. And if, if Leicester won it with a guy who was playing for Fleetwood Town a few years ago, or the other mob won it with a guy who was um, playing for MK Dons and a fullback was playing at Burnley win it. You've got to say, you know, maybe maybe you've got to look a bit closer to home, but maybe it's, you know, it, it would be too late for Wenger to change his ways and start saying, I want to scout down at, down at the Orient well, next week. Well, they, they have recruited the Leicester scouts. They've headhunted the Leicester scout who found mm. the two good French players, um, uh, Chance and, and, and um, the winger, Morris. Oh, yeah, yeah, those two. Um, so he's now on Arsenal staff, which you know, because basically he's spotted good players who are cheats, who are cheats, who are bargains. Second division, he love. And, and love. I mean, what what is your Grimaldi doing? You know, and, and that that's what it's led. Um, and Jules Grimaldi um, being a good friend of Wenger, but shit at what he does. Hang on, is it is it twelve years ago? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, okay, so possibly a more competitive league. In which Arsenal should have made more of a fist of it. Yeah. Are you, are you asking that question too, Kev? Are you asking Arsenal fans, Arsenal supporters, or the Arsenal board and owners? If it's the Arsenal board and owners, um, nothing's broke. You know, it's fine. Um, don't sack Wenger or change the managerial structure for the sake of it, because we are still qualifying for the big money competition. Uh, we are still making enough prize money as we want to uh, and as we need to. Okay, not all that much, you know. Uh, but having said that. The difference between third place and first place in the Premier League, it's something relatively cheap, like only £10 million. Or what we call, um, I don't know, what you'd want to take out of season ticket holders for the Barcelona game, or something like that, you know. Not very much money at all. If you ask Arsenal fans, we're the people who's going to be absolutely gutted. But we're not supporters anymore. Mm. Supporters are the 60,000 who turn up and make a clean profit of £3 million for every home game. As long as we sell our 60,342 tickets, the job is done. Therefore, it doesn't matter whether Leicester win the league, whether the Harlem Globetrotters win the league, or whether it's Chelsea or Man City. If we finish in the top four, we sell the tickets, there's no way the manager will be changed at all. No, but if we don't win the league, I really, really hope Wenger decides to retire uh, when his contract ends in 2017. Wenger, whose wife left him last summer and whose daughter is now at university and doesn't have to live with daddy. I think <laughs> we're stuck with him for a while. Seriously, <laughs> he's a human being. He's got nothing else to do. I don't think he does TV work for TFR. 
in France anymore. His life, he is literally the Arsene in Arsenal. He's got nothing else to live for. We, we're stuck with him um, until, God forbid, he does a, a, a I don't know, who died on their job? Jockstein. That's it, Tommy Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, right, let's... Uh, Theo Walcott's been at the club for 10 years and was made captain for the Chelsea game. Does this kind of gesture really send out a message to the opposition or does it not really matter at all? Do you think it actually influenced the manager's decision regarding who to bring off in that game so he could get another centre-half on after Mertesacker's dismissal? I don't think it made much difference, to be honest. Um, I don't think the teammates looked to, uh, look to Walcott to provide any more leadership on the pitch as they would normally, and I don't think they would uh, normally. Uh, I think it was just a goodwill, just, oh, you've been here 10 years, you know, be the captain for the day. I, I that wasn't the reason we dropped points that day. Um, I, I don't think it really mattered. What I would say about Theo is that after he's been here 10 years, if he didn't have pace, he'd have spent the last 10 years at someone like Norwich. Uh, because apart from pace, I don't think he has an awful lot else. Uh, but that's a side issue. Uh, the captaincy thing on that day, I, I, I just can't see it as, the, it as an important issue myself. I, I thought I heard, I'm not 100% sure, that Murtaka came out with the armband and did all the necessary, then gave it to Theo in the warm-up. Really? Yeah. I noticed Theo had his photo taken, the mascot. Yeah, no, but Murtaka's... Which I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, somebody said he came out the tunnel with it on, and then I did notice that Theo had it on upside down, Mm. And I'd like to say that flies in the face of Frank McClintock. But Frank McClintock never wore a captain's arm. And he might have done it in the European game when he had to. I don't know. But <laughs> it, to me, you know, Walcott wearing that after 10 years, I'm thinking, he's going to be, I'd like to see him against Barcelona in his 10th anniversary. Because the only time I remember someone at Arsenal playing 10 years in Barcelona was, God bless him, George Armstrong, his testimonial over the road there. Mm. And, um, that's, you know, is Theo going to have a testimonial? I hope so. You know, get a few more quid. Drop the price about 50 quid on the night. And uh, no, it, it's just 10 years. Because I can remember him signing for Arsenal. My missus said, you've got to paint that front door. And it was January. And I thought, I'll finish it. And I ran to Arsenal training ground. They did the job, the photo call. And I missed it. And they came back and all the paint was blobby on the door. So yeah. it's not been a good 10 years for me. Because she reminds me quite regularly about that. But no, I, I, I really think Theo, 10 years. Think back. 5-2 uh, over the road there. The Emirates beating them. That was fantastic. But... I'm struggling to think, really. Too many. Well, he had one good game against Chelsea when mm. uh, we beat them. I think it was just after Christmas. Was that yeah. Five three. No, no. It was three one. I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Chelsea uh, pulled one back. Everyone went, oh god, and we went straight up the other end and Walcott scored. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I don't wish him any harm. I wish, I wish he could just do it now. But yeah, he's he benched against Bournemouth. What Bernard was saying about his pace, I had worry about this. Saw it with Michael Owen. All they've got really is pace. Yeah. Few hamstring injuries. Did you ever see Michael Owen after that really open his leg, yeah. really open those hamstrings and go? Yeah. No. He just got by his reputation. Ferguson got him just to pop a few goals in. Because yeah, Michael Owen did know how to finish, which I don't think Theo does. He hasn't got that to his game. But when you talk about pace, I'd like to see, see Theo really go. And if it snaps, it snaps, yeah. mate. But Theo, on half power, as you say, it's pace. And if he's not going to use yeah. it, as I say, You're if he hasn't got much. pace, he'd have played for Norwich. Well, that's harsh for Norwich. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, well, I mean, uh, we've uh, got an emailed query from Sebastian Forcuo. Well, not sure how to pronounce it. Forcuo. Apologies to Sebastian if I've got that wrong. Um, he asks, do you think Koscielny has the required leadership qualities to be the permanent Arsenal captain now that Gabriel has taken Mertesacker's place in the team? If the answer is no, who would be your preferred choice? So, you know, let's just uh, do a bit of what if. What if Mertesacker doesn't get back in the team? What if we get to the summer and Mikel Arteta is sold? We need the announcement of a new club captain who, in theory, is going to play most of the games. Is there an obvious candidate in the ranks? If you ask me, there's only... Well, you know, there's two ways of looking at it. If you look at the Arsenal captaincy for the last five, six years, it's got some kind of curse in the sense that it, it, it becomes your last season at the club. <laughs> you gave it to, uh, to Fabregas, pissed off to Barcelona. Gave it to Van Persie, pissed off to Man United. Um, Gareth before that? We'll, we'll just ignore him. Fabregas, uh, that's right. Oh, yeah, 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 Tommy V went into yeah. the reserves, disappeared. Arteta, legs disappeared. Yeah. Mertesacker, he's going now. As a result, I personally think we should give it to David Espina so we send them by a club reserve goalkeeper. <laughs> but in terms of an, of an actual leader, for me, there's only one choice, and he's going to be the centre of our team, as I think he is at the moment, although I'm a fan club of one. It's got to be Aaron Ramsey mm. as our skipper. Interesting. Mark? No, I'm not one <laughs> bloody Welshman, Captain Arsenal. No, that's the point. <laughs> Dave Bowen did it, I'm sure, years ago. All right, they're kids. No, I, I'm, I'm, I thought was going to answer it until you said in the ranks. There's no one in the ranks, I can see. Right. I think you've got to go and get yourself a captain. But is, is it that important? You know, um, it talks about everybody has to take this responsibility on the pitch. Mm. I see Flamini is the only guy who's shouting, but... You know, after you've just done a two-footed tackle, mm. you should have been in the stands. I don't know whether it leads you to shout at other players. He seems to have that cajoling nature with other players. I'm sure David would love it. He's going to build it around Flamini for the next five years. <laughs> um, I don't see anyone there. I don't see anyone there. And as you say, Fabregas was the one at a young age. You thought, He's, this is going to be it. We all believed it. I'm sure we did. I think this is going to be a guy, build the team around him. And we, we know where that went. I, I don't know. I mean, anyone with a... Half a member will think of Tony Adams, obviously. That's your Arsenal captain. That's your benchmark. And before that, Frank McClintock. So to find anyone like that, I think, you know, I, d I don't have any other clubs. I mean, if you ask me who Man City's captain was, is it Yaya? I don't know. Because well, com company when he plays. But at the moment, yeah, Yaya. I mean, he sulk around. Mm. I don't think many clubs have that real yeah. out and out captain. They seem to give it to star player. I can't think yeah. of Liverpool's captain. Is it Jordan Henderson? Jordan Henderson. God, yeah. Yeah. You know, and you think of an era when the captain, maybe, maybe it's not so important now, I don't know. I, I, you know. I'm living in the past and thinking, I'd love someone, I don't want to look him in the eye if I pulled out that tackle, I didn't go for that header, uh, and I wasn't, you know, if I was a fullback and I was found behind my centre, imagine being a fullback being found behind Tony Adams and he's got his arm up. Yeah. You know, what he'd do to you in the dressing room, you know, it, it, it wouldn't, there's no, maybe fear's not a thing, maybe it's just not the courage now. But, um, Best of bad bunch, Peter Check. Yeah, but yeah. Have a goal but exactly, not if that well, puts him off. He's, yeah. If he starts worrying about other things, because uh, let's be honest, I mean, we haven't been that negative tonight, but check. It's just that time when people get that free shot from 25 yards. It's all right, check's there. And you see it bounce just in front of him. And it's, it's, that's a very big positive this season. Mm. Maybe you're right, David, maybe he's the man, but I'd hate to pass that poison chalice on. And yeah. I, I'd agree with that point. I don't think there's an obvious candidate. From the current personnel, I 
for the reasons I gave before, you know, I think it'll improve Koscielny's or get back uh, to Kos the standard Koscielny uh, was. Uh, I'd like to see Mertesacker back in the team and I'd make him captain next season because I think he's the best captain of a poor bunch of candidates, if you like. And just to put my own uh, opinion in for once, uh, I think Francis Coquelin is the possibility. Well, yeah, I, I or Nacho going forward? In, in a way, I'm well, sorry, I'll say on this subject a bit, I, I, wouldn't it, in an ideal world for me, Kieran Gibbs would have never got injured, would have played and played and played and been the Arsenal captain. Mm. I think it would have been excellent, but you know, you've obviously got to go for a guy who's got his regular place there. Mm. Okay. Um, Right, uh, well, we did make one signing in the January transfer window, which was uh, Mohamed El Nenny. Uh, he was on the bench against Stoke. Uh, he played in the FA Cup against Burnley. Any theories why we haven't seen anything of him since? I thought it was because his, he didn't play at the weekend because his wife had a baby. Yeah. And he was... Some paternity leave, yeah, basically. Hmm. Um, whether it's true or not, I can't but hang guarantee. On a bit. No. Surely, but if that's the case, he just gets on, scores a goal, and does that celebration <laughs> with his <laughs> dummy. Didn't, um, didn't I mean, he's obviously been scouted. He'd been much playing Champions League football. Was it Basel he came from? Yes. Yeah. But Wenger, he played against Burnley, looked skillful, but lost about three or four 50-50 tackles. Hmm. And Wenger went... He needs strengthening up. So maybe the answer to that is down the gym, which is a bit... We thought, you know, one signing of outfield player all season, surely it's someone who's good to go. Mm. Not well, someone who's going to be beefed up by next August. It was... It was I'm not brown-nosing for the sake of it, but Kev summed up perfectly in his editorial after that game. You see that game, you go, next season. Yeah. yeah. And so he did things like shooting from range. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. That, that'll be coached out of him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> OK. We don't do that at Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> You're not one of the four shooters. It's not your turn, no. Uh, right, well, uh, a bit of public information here, because we've got a tweet from uh, someone whose name I'm going to attempt. It's Lucas Patak. So, uh, once again, apologies to Lucas if I've got that wrong. He says, can you explain the club email to season ticket holders? Myself not being one, I don't understand the fuss. Was the club in the wrong thanks? So this is a reference to the email that uh, the club sent out informing season ticket holders that um, the value of the seven cup ties that they paid for when they bought their season ticket was actually more than they paid and that the club would be claiming the difference, approximately uh, £20 on average, when people renewed their season tickets. This is because Barcelona was a grade A game. There'd been an earlier grade A game against Bayern Munich. And uh, the way the maths worked was we owed the club money. The mitigation for the club is that the previous summer they'd actually refunded us because of this uh, principle. But predictably, season ticket holders were in uproar. Um, ethically, do we think that the club was right or were they out of order and why? Ethically, I think they were unwise to try and introduce the, the additional charge in the first place. But I was pleased that they've since decided not to. A point I'd make about ticket prices is that 
I, uh, the AGM, you mentioned I was a shareholder, at the AGM every year, Ivan Gazidis produces a chart when people start moaning about price increases to uh, their season tickets or seats. Uh, he produces this chart and says words to the effect of, despite these seating uh, price increases, uh, the proportion of income coming from uh, tickets is falling year after year after year. And that's because sponsorship revenue is dramatically increasing, television re revenue is dramatically increasing. So with that, I would suggest that ticket price pricing is actually less important to the club. They get less money from it. So therefore, I would like to see the club actually drop prices by a significant level, uh, you know, even a tenor a, uh, a game or something like that would be at least a sign that, you know, you know, we're doing this for our loyal fans who turn up game after game. Uh, because, as I say, you know, seat prices doesn't bring Arsenal, as an overall proportion, uh, the money it used to anyway, even when they increase prices. So why not just reduce them and... You know, oh, you, okay. you, are they worried that the kind of the riffraff, the hyperlay, will get to in the stadium and they'll have a bit more stewarding to do or whatever? Because I was just thinking then, as Burnham's talking, I want to think. Have you heard Leicester games on the radio? I was driving along listening to Leicester v Liverpool. Jeez, I can't listen to that. It's uh, the commentators shouting above the noise of the fans. They bring those plastic clappy things in, but they don't mind. They don't think all oh, that looks uncool. They make this cacophony all game. And I think, in a part of me, I'm saying, wouldn't that be great if they won the league? Would anyone turn around and go, you know what, they've got, they price it, so these people come in who are passionate football fans and make a racket. I'm just thinking, what will it take? Would Leicester have to win it five years running, or teams of the noisiest fans win it five years running? Before everyone said, you know what, there's something in having a passion. You know these fans they have at some of these grounds? Why don't we try that? I mean, that would be me. That's my fantasy you know, for Arsenal to see that because going back, to, you know, as we're very near Highbury in this recording, remember when the boxes were built on top of the clock end? Mm. There was this great little two-way thing. I thought it was so healthy. The guys, the gooners on the clock end, you say, yuppies, yuppies, give us a wave. And the guys in the boxes used to kind of come out of my box. It's really awful funny watching these working class oiks down below. And it, because the yuppies were in the minority. But now people go along and say, well, where, where's all those amusing football fans? You're sitting in their seats, pal. And it's just that's one thing that maybe it's just an old fella going on here. But that's one thing, I think, that dimension. Imagine if Arsenal just lost it because the players, you know, one player comes out and says, I went up to Leicester. I couldn't even give instructions across the pitch go to our ground, and it's just so easy and so comfortable for the opposition. There are three words that sum up Arsenal Football Club in one fell swoop, supply and demand. I remember I'd see, I've, I've been going to Arsenal since 1988 when I was seven years old. Um, so it's, what, my 28th year now. And five years ago, I was in a, a traffic accident and um, I was in hospital in sort of June, July time. And uh, I missed the season ticket with you all. And um, I got a, a letter from the club saying, you know, you've got two days, uh, otherwise you're going to lose your season ticket. And um, I wrote uh, an email to them and uh, I, I copied in a couple of newspapers whose editors that I know saying, um, I'd like to do that, but I'm actually hospital bound at the moment with um, a third of my skull missing. Uh, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And I got a handwritten letter from Ivan Gazidis 
saying, Dear David, uh, we're so incredibly sorry to hear that mm. such a, a loyal, how do we spell it? Is it Gunner or Gunner? 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 Yeah, okay. Oh, loyal Gunner? Loyal Gunner. Having such a, a, a tragic accident. And I'll, I'll make sure that you're going to be mentioned and thanked in the, um, uh, the programme for the first game of the season. Hope to see you well soon. Three, two, one. Yeah, your deadline's Tuesday. Oh, my love, I'm Whoa. <laughs> that was touching. Yes. Oh, I wasn't ready for that. I've got that. Yeah, it's yeah, you said that guy wasn't all heart, didn't he? <laughs> and you know, he's one of the nicest, most, less bitter South touching. Africans. Yeah, we should have had the bit of uh, Simon Bates, our tune music. Just like <laughs> that, shouldn't we, really? That's lovely. Uh, but seriously, it's supply and demand. I mean, um, we're, look, we're in, a, we're, we're in the nicest part of London that any uh, club in the city is. Um, it is the second most visited city in the, in the world at the moment after New York City. And I don't know, uh, I went on a holiday two years ago going to see baseball games in, in different cities yeah, in America. Yeah. People come to England, they want to see soccer. Yeah. You know, uh, do you go to Tottenham? No, there's no tube station. Okay, do you go to West Ham? Uh, no. Um, so let them do next year in the Olympic Stadium. No, Arsenal's the place to be. And, you know, they don't care whether it's a, a Gooner, whether it's a Gunner, whether it's a, a, a Brit, right. whoever it is. If the ticket is sold, well, then a contribution to the 60,000 tickets has been made. Well, it just shows that I'm in cuckoo land thinking, will they think an atmosphere counts? Golden Sullivan at West Ham are looking at what Arsenal's done here and said, 50, 60,000, soulless place, people coming, drop the wife off shopping in Westway, Westfield. And you can get the central line back into uh, theatre land and see, you know, Les Mis in the evening, yeah. Yeah, well, we're theatre in disguise. Oh, no, we're not. Yes, we are. So. I mean, to be fair, I do think the atmosphere has improved a bit this season. You know, it's not as dead as it has been in the past. Um, but you know, one, one time, on this atmosphere thing, Arsenal played Cardiff City in a youth cup match a few years back, and they said they expected 5,000. I went to take pictures there. And the kickoff was delayed, and it went 5, 10, 15, and people were just coming in. And they because you could pay on the gate? Pay, people were paying on the gate. And there were these people shouting at me. For the first time as a photographer in the Emirates, I was thinking, blimey, they're a bit, you know, boy, we can't sit, yes, you, you know, I won't argue with him, I'll sit down a bit low. And there was this girl saying, oh, mate, thinking I was a steward in my photo week, can I smoke in here? What? what? And it was just, this Welsh guys were sitting there, so I'd given a bit of verbal, and it was... I think there's a bit of racism going on. The guy got out and it was kicking off a bit. I thought, all right, nobody's going to turn around and say, that's a blueprint we're after. But there was this frisson, should we say, that I've never witnessed since or had before. And, you know, all right, I'm a socialist here, but I'm saying if a few people off the, you know, Packington Estate and the Marquis Estate and Essex Road could get into Arsenal, and just give us a bit of a, you know, just somebody who's happy to be there. Going back to Kevin's actual question, just to finish at this point off, um, and, and some that Bernard mentioned in passing to start with. There were, what, 30,000 season ticket holders, right? And it was going to be an extra £20 each. That's £600,000. Take off the corporation tax, or what, between 22 and 26%. Mm. The club are only going to make £450,000 mm. out of that. You do realise that's the weak wages for three players. Ozil, mm. Welbeck, or Walcott, or Sanchez and Walcott. You know, therefore, they can afford to live without that 450 Sad, but yeah. there we go. I will just mention here, because it's the one uh, contributor that hasn't had their question run, uh, read out, Arson's Goons via Twitter asked, do you think anything can be done for the lack of atmosphere at home games? So I think we've kind of covered that. However, before we do finish, um, I was fascinated to read this on the Arsenal website uh, in the ticket information for the Spurs-Arsenal fixture. Um, and uh, it's, it read... 
Following incidents involving a minority of people in the Arsenal supporters section at White Hart Lane after the Capital One Cup match in September, the Arsenal allocation of tickets has been reduced for the Premier League match at Spurs on Saturday 5th of March. Both clubs, together with representatives from the Metropolitan Police and the Safety Advisory Group, have decided that the front two rows of the upper tier in the visitors' section of White Hart Lane should remain unsold. Therefore, the Arsenal allocation of tickets for this fixture is reduced to 2,700 from the usual 3,000. Just to interject here, as far as I am concerned, the upper tier overhangs the away section of the lower tier, so there are Arsenal fans below mm -hmm. those front two rows. I suspect I know what this is really about, but I believe certainly there are snaps on the offside website of the incidents. Yeah. Were you the one that was there taking no, them? No, Mark Atkins taking those, yeah. Do you recall exactly what it was about? Well, just ripping up the, you know, the whatever. The, I mean, it was the advertising board, wasn't it? It wasn't advertising, it was one club, one love, and all this to, to dare is to win, all this. You know, we're as bad as anyone to write slogans up there. Mm. You know, when the cop used to have their own stuff but now people go look at an old retro picture of the cop and say let's write something that's you know just it's just ugh, don't but yeah they just ripped up those panels do, were the panels in themselves do you think dangerous were they were they items that could be thrown no. as uh, opposition supporters no, no. i mean i was in the lower tier that day and it, it, you know it, it was perfectly safe what was unsafe was keeping the away fans in the ground for half an hour after the final whistle because that gave time for all the Tottenham Neanderthal fans to come round to the away exits. <laughs> we all came out at the same time. It was perfectly obvious who was an Arsenal fan and who wasn't. Uh, and there was more, far more likely to be trouble because they kept us locked inside. At least when they let... Arsenal fans out immediately we can all just slip away uh, you know go to whichever train station you want to uh, go to and it's a bit hairy getting out of there normally uh, I would accept that but it was even worse after the League Cup tie you know because all their mob had had time to get round to the uh, away exit and could see who was not exactly who was an Arsenal fan and who wasn't and, and, well, a rarity, we've won over there. And, uh, you yeah, Arsenal fans, I mean, here's me. I kind of trying to pretend, oh, we're frowning on this behaviour, but I was I was overjoyed when I saw it myself. Um, it, you know, they smash the toilets up the Emirates every year and do everything like that. But the, you know, as oh, Bernard was there and he was down low, didn't feel threatened. I went to a Tottenham game with Tottenham, I said it again, recently, just after that. And the stewards were having a big conflict, and I just listened in, and they were saying, the lads there, I mean, there's that massive control box there, and they're looking, and the lads tried to take the jackets off each other and swap and confuse the police, but what the main lad was wearing, these bright red shoes, spotted <laughs> as soon as he came out. Right, right. Um, it wasn't quite the train robbery, was it? We didn't think it through <laughs> too much, but, yeah, it, it what. It's just tit for tat. Are Arsenal going to take 300 off next year because the toilet's getting smashed up over the Emirates? I don't know. I mean, the FA Cup, aren't you meant to give 10% or something like that, the FA Cup? Well, I, Which I, would be 6, I we think, give, I think give the, police, 6, the police would yeah, have yeah. said we could only handle so many. Yeah. 
in that kind of instance. Um, Who would be the Arsenal representative they spoke to? It would be Lois Lincoln from the AIS. I believe I did take part in a meeting, although, interestingly enough, I remember reading Tim Stillman actually attended, presumably because he did write an account of the actual uh, Capital Cup game saying how bad it was mm. so I'm assuming uh, possibly ISA recommended that uh, he would attend as someone who was actually there mm. um, I'm just amazed sorry I mean I, David saying he's a you know, younger man started in 1988 I got off school got the 4 o'clock train to White Hart Lane in May 1971 so there was none of this 2700 allocation I must have been one of 27,000 Arsenal fans <laughs> in the ground yeah. and on, on the pitch that night it was um Different that's the kind of time I brought up into watching the Gooners over there. But no, it's um, I do get the feeling going. There's a little stirring, a little more Arsenal getting a little mob together. Well, I think what what's uh, has happened is 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 the herd as such have all got kids, right. and <laughs> they've kind of uh, succeeded them in a sense because most of the troublemakers, as you wish to call them now, who get into fights. Um, well, certainly there is an element of a younger group. Yeah. There are also the old guys who occasionally will also still get into well, trouble. Well, you know, I was, I was the guy who came over from Le Keep magazine who loves everything about English football, and I was with him on a Saturday night. We were staggering around. We went past Highbury Magistrates, mm. and he said, oh, is this where those guys came from? We met last time. He said, what? We were in the Weatherspoons pub opposite the town hall, mm. and there were these young guys giving it loads of verbal, like three o'clock in the afternoon. I said, you're, you're happy, what are you celebrating? He said, oh, he got off. And he, this kid just described the most innocuous incident. Some bloke stood up, leaving you know, Stoke, an Arsenal fan, stood in his way, he said, sorry mate, can't see. And he just gave him a little push, the bloke drunk fell over, and you know, the steward saw it, and the judge threw it straight out of court when he got to Highbury Magistrate. So they were celebrating that. And these are these lads from Boreham Wood. I said, oh, you, you must have gone the great days, you. My dad's told me all about that when you, you know, and I'm not saying, yeah, you could push anyone, do anything you wanted, but just for that, so, you know, tell a guy once, you're in my way, then push him, mm. and he falls over, and it's a court case. It's just gone too far that way, isn't it? It's a different game, no question. Well, we've been chatting for over an hour, and there, are, there is more to talk about, but uh, we've actually got to wrap up. Uh, so I will just plug the current issue with the Gooner. Um, it came out in January, and the last day of sale is this coming Sunday at the Leicester match. It has features on Arsenal penalties, memories of the Arsenal 87-88 season, uh, a piece on Alan Ball written by Bernard opposite me. Look forward to that. Um, recollections of a season at the end of the 1950s when the Gunners almost won the league and a now rather dated piece speculating that Pep Guardiola might not necessarily end up at Eastlands. Oh, well, you can't win them all. <laughs> a new issue will go on sale at the FA Cup fifth round game against Hull. It is £2.50 available from sellers outside the ground and from the online Guna website. With that plug over, a reminder that you can contact us via Twitter at, at Guna Podcast and via email gunapodcast at gmail.com. I think I mentioned everyone who submitted uh, contributions this evening. Hope I didn't miss anybody else. Anybody out? And with that, it is goodbye from David. Good evening, all. Bernard. Goodbye. And Mark. Bye, listeners. We will be back with another edition in March when we hope to be discussing a title challenge that is still very much alive and kicking. Mm. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, saying goodbye and thanks for listening. 
Oh, good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!